glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Over the tackle of the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, brought to you by me, your host, Matt Bruning. You can find me on Twitter at SportsFanaticMB. It is Monday, May 20th. We are already almost through May and getting closer and closer to draft season. I cannot wait for it to get here. It's going to be a fun season. Uh, a lot of different stuff, a lot of different, uh, you know, irons in the fire, as they may say. For myself, again, uh, joining the Dynasty Nerds crew last week doing different articles. Obviously, we will continue doing the podcast. We've got the Listener League up and running with a few entrants already in there and looking to add more, so we're super excited about that. Uh, today's podcast, we are going to be focusing on Dynasty-related content. We are bringing on a special guest who is also an analyst in the community, and she just joined the Dynasty League last year. So today we're just going to kind of pick her brain, get uh, her thoughts on everything that she has kind of faced and encountered and what she's done um, and how she's kind of approached Dynasty compared to redraft leagues uh, just to kind of help out people who are just now jumping into Dynasty. It can be a big step if you've never done it before uh, and a very interesting step. You know, like I've said uh, many times, Dynasty has really become my favorite format. I love it. Um, obviously, there's many variations and different ways you can play it, but today we're just going to kind of get her thoughts on uh, on different stuff with the Dynasty League and, and how she's handled it. So without further ado, let's get Dennis and our special guest on here and let's talk about Dynasty League football. Hello! And as always, we have Mr. Dennis Bennett with us today. Dennis, how was your weekend and how are we doing today? Man, I had a fantastic weekend. Spent all day Saturday with my wife moving furniture for her sister. I couldn't have couldn't have envisioned a better day. That actually sounds horrible, man. You don't have to lie on the no. podcast. You know she doesn't listen, so it's okay. Yeah, I know she doesn't <laughs> listen, but you know, no, actually it wasn't too bad. My son had a baseball game Saturday morning. They faced their first real test of adversity. Uh, they were down about 12 runs at the bottom of the second inning, and they came back and won the game 32 to 20. Wow! He went four for four with three RBIs and a couple nice putouts. So overall, you know, you know, it's it's U8 U8 baseball. Yeah, I mean, it sounds a lot better than my weekend. That's for sure, as we discussed uh, off air there. So trust me, I I would have much rather have done what you did than than what I did. Although it was awesome to to see my brother graduate, so it was well worth all of the time I spent in the car this weekend. Yeah, let's reframe that. You had, you know, you drove a long ways and spent yeah. a lot of hours, but you got to do a really great thing. Yeah, focus for on sure. that. Let's well, that's, that's exactly it. what I what I focus on. You know, like I said, when I was talking to someone about it today, and it was like adding up the fact that I was in a car for thirty plus hours and forty four, and only got to spend about four hours with my brother. Like I, I'm I'm focusing on the four hours part, but that thirty hours was was pretty miserable at times for sure. Well, and just think, in a few weeks, he's going to be an hour away from you for the summer, and you'll be ready yeah, to go. That'll that'll it will be a lot of fun, especially because uh, we got our home dynasty draft coming up this weekend, or our, our rookie draft. I'm pretty excited about that. But enough about us. 
We have a special guest with us today, someone uh, Dennis hooked up to get on the podcast. I'm excited to have her on here. We're having Miss Casey Kasem. You can find her at the Casey Kasem on Twitter, writer for the website of Fighting Chance Fantasy, author of the streaming tight ends, quarterbacks, and defensive columns for the FCF. Casey, how are you doing? And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm doing pretty good. I'm just happy work's over with and I can get on here and chat with you guys. Yeah, we're like I said, we're we're excited to have you on here. Now, as I talked about in the intro to the podcast, we uh, have you on here because I, as Dennis has let me know, you are very new to the Dynasty game, and we're really just kind of want to pick your brain today on what your thoughts are on Dynasty football. It's a big leap for a lot of people. Um, you know, I feel like redraft is kind of the the league a lot of people are comfortable with, uh, and Dynasty takes a lot more strategy and different kind of viewpoints from it. So we kind of want to get the uh, the thoughts of someone who just jumped into it and what you're experiencing, what you think is different what's harder what you've enjoyed at it in this first year of uh, playing in dynasty well hey before we jump deep into that stuff and get in the weeds let us just we need to congratulate casey on her wedding yes that's right so she's like married now for like three (laughs) what like yeah 14 days or something like that yeah something like that so still in the honeymoon it's crazy everything's everything's good right now congratulations you know, we followed you, it on you. Twitter and the, the run up to it, and the pictures look fantastic. Look like you and Sarah and everybody all had a great time, and uh, it was really uh, it was really fun to watch. Yeah, it was it was a blast. So. Well, that's Thanks. good. That is good. Yes, congratulations. All right. Uh, now on to business. Well, no, and see, I messed that up already because as I always talk about, we like to get to know our guests, and I skipped right past all that part. So. Before we jump into the minutiae here of the Dynasty football stuff, how long have you been playing fantasy football, and what got you started into the fantasy football industry? Well, um, I'm not like a lot of the guests you've had on your show. I've only been playing since 2011. Um, Basically, you know, one of my friends just asked me if I wanted to join his league, and sure, why not, you know, that kind of thing. And then I ended up winning it. It was just a basic, easy-peasy ESPN draft, uh, you know, we went until week 17 and all that fun stuff that everybody loves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you won then, the first year and you were drunk I on did. power. <laughs> yes, yes, I started my own league the second year um, so that I could get females involved. A lot of my uh, female friends um, were interested in it, but they didn't want to, like, start with like the big dogs or anything like that so um took a bunch of people got them all together and we've been drafting ever since so it's it's been pretty cool that is and then as for uh the fighting chance fantasy um ryan just kind of hit me up on twitter because i've been around for a while on twitter uh but never really did anything fantasy football related when it came to like writing or you know podcasting or anything like that and he just kind of gave me a shot and here we are. That is awesome. That is awesome. So, how many leagues are you in right now? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not in as many as a lot of people. I think I'm in five leagues. Uh, five, one, two, three, four, four dynasty leagues and uh, two redraft leagues. Gotcha. So, nothing too crazy. No, hey, that's good. I know I know Dennis has a limit yet he always goes past that limit every year which I, I have which, a strict four league limit. Yeah. Yeah, I usually ask, I, ask this is my first year to do. <laughs> Hell yeah. 
that's funny. But yeah, yeah. that's about, that's about how it is with me. I keep telling uh, Sarah that I'll cut back, but then I end up getting drawn into a new league, and yeah. that's just how it goes. Yeah, that, that's the hardest thing I find is that as you you join a league and then somebody in that league has another league and you kind of hit it off with the people. And so you're like, well, this guy's, I I like playing in this league with him. So I'm going to go play with that league with them. You know, then you, you, you're meeting people on Twitter. You start getting into the industry, creating content. And it's like, oh, well, the, this person has a league, uh, and they're looking or looking to start a league. And one thing leads to another. And, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm in ten leagues currently. That doesn't count my. Uh, I'm sure there'll be three or four redraft charities that come up later in the year, or the roundtable listener league. So, I, I and I look and I'm like, none of I don't want to cut any of them. I actually like all the leagues I'm in. So it just mm-hmm. becomes a, a art of managing. I can't be engaged with every league all the time and so i it kind of flows in cycles uh, i'll be working trades in one one or two or three leagues for a week or two and then i move on to another league that gets that's active or three two or three other leagues that are active and it sort of just kind of cycles through like that yeah and that's kind of why i decided to cut back on the redraft because of the activity level it's just kind of not up to par with what i've seen in dynasty so far yeah, I love Dynasty because there's stuff going on all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why I love it too. I've got, I think I've cut myself down to two redraft leagues as well, and that's both mainly work leagues. A, a league that I've been in for six years, and the other one for seven. So that's the only reason I've kept them around, just because I, I've known all those guys for so long that uh, it's just easy to kind of stay in there. But I hear you guys both. You know, I'm, I think now adding the the back row invitational that me and Dennis are in the the second. Well, we were in the nerd herd last year, but the but the new one, and then obviously adding the the listener league here, I think that's going to knock me up to twenty one leagues this year, and it's just not. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. It's very frustrating. I, I've I've vented to Dennis many a times. We're we're in a league uh, that we actually the Dynasty Questions League. It's a league that was started because of the Fantasy Life app. That's actually how me and Dennis ended up meeting each other. Uh, I ended up losing in a championship game because I forgot to take out a player and put somebody else in because they were hurt because I was in so many mm-hmm. leagues. And that happens more often than I'd like to admit. So, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not very fond of as many leagues I'm in. I just can't. I can't find a way to cut them. Every time I'm like, this, I'm going to cut these five leagues, something happens, and I end up wanting to stay in them. So, yeah, it's, it sucks. It just sucks. <laughs> Um, so and then I, he came up with the idea of the listener league, and it's like, well, oh, yeah, it's one more. Well, you know, it's a redraft league, so you know, I feel like I'll right. be I'll be so good at drafting, I won't have to worry about the the, the waiver wire, which is complete. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get destroyed in that league. I know it. Um, Casey, I wanted to. I know who your favorite NFL team is because I see it on. I saw it on your Twitter page. Uh, it, it disappoints me a little bit, but I do understand because of where you live. Uh, but who is your favorite NFL team, and do you have a favorite NFL player? Yeah, okay, so, yes, my favorite NFL team is the Dallas Cowboys. Love it or hate it, that's that's just what it is. Growing up a Cowboys fan, you know, born and raised here, so um, loyalty. Um, and as for my favorite player, it's actually a player that's not really very fantasy relevant, even though he is very, uh, you know, instrumental to helping out some of the guys in the Cowboys, and that's Travis Frederick, the center for the Cowboys. So. Okay, I like that. That's a good pick. 
<laughs> How's he look, coming along? Is his uh, what it, he had vertigo? Something caused him to have vertigo. Well, yeah, going to be getting back on there. the field. Yeah, they said that he's looking pretty good. That he's on track. So fingers crossed. But he seems very optimistic. Yeah, I mean the the bad news is the the guy that he's supposed to be blocking for had some not so great stuff come out this or I get was it today yep. earlier today so that'll yep. be that'll be interesting. I mean I didn't think it was horrible from the video I saw, but yeah, he's already kind of got a got a reputation, so that's not a, mm. it's going to be I guess interesting to see how that plays out because I own Zeke in a lot of leagues because yeah. I'm a huge Ohio State fan, so yeah, I feel like I'm going to be hurting again this year just like I was a couple years ago. When he gets suspended for those six games. Yeah, he just needs to grow up. And yeah. hopefully <laughs> he will. Yeah. Uh, it, some, unfortunately, it seems like it might be a little too uh, little too little late. Oh, I cannot talk. A little – I'm not even tempted anymore. I'm done. We're moving past <laughs> that. Uh, how, did you, uh, how did you get started as, a, as an analyst in, in the fantasy football industry? Um. Kind of like just by chance, you know, like <laughs> fighting chance, but just by chance. Um, it it wasn't really anything that I was a hundred percent set on doing. I, I'm a real nervous person, and I have anxiety, you know, and um, it's hard to deal with that, you know, and 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 put yourself out there. So I kind of got that under control. Kind of spoke with Ryan over at Fighting Chance, and he's like really cool about, you know, no deadlines and figuring out exactly what you want to write about. He doesn't, you know, force my hand to do anything I don't want to do. So it's pretty relaxed and chill over there. And I, you know, like Brad, Marianne Lee, um, is a huge part of me getting involved. Liz Lizza as well. I, just being able to see these females that go out there and rock it. Uh, I, I, you know, I aspire to be something like that someday. I mean, I doubt it will happen, but you know, it's it's really cool to have those ladies in my life that I can look up to. Don't doubt it. <laughs> you know, you know. I, no, I don't. I I am eternally optimistic, <laughs> and I, I, I like I to even, go ahead. No, I was just saying. You know, I like I, I want to be that type of person that um, people can just kind of relate to and, you know, kind of build on relationships with people and, 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 you know, see where it takes me, but it's been pretty cool so far. Yeah. I, I, you know, I come at things from a very, yes, I can approach. And, but I also am, am very measured. You know, I appreciate the, the sharing of the anxiety. I, what I do is I, I, I have to know my limitations and so when I first started writing, I had committed to writing a weekly column for the Fantasy Life app. And then I got reached out to by uh, Rich at Dynasty Nerds. And I I read Dynasty. I was on the Dynasty Nerd. When I switched from Redraft to Dynasty, I spent a lot of time over at Dynasty Nerds gathering information and trying to figure out what I was doing. And so when he asked me if I was interested in writing for them, uh, I was like, uh, as a matter of fact, I am. <laughs> and but I and I put out a few articles, but then the season started, and it was I I had to because I wanted to put together that one year of weekly columns. That was my goal. I, I <laughs> let them know over at at uh, Dynasty Nerds. Hey, my I'm not going to be producing really much. I'm I've made this commitment that I want to keep, and because of kids and wife and job 
I'm I'm not gonna. I I still want to be part of this. And once we get to January, this what you're gonna be my primary outlet. But until then, I just want you to know. And so knowing your your limitations, and you know, we've had a couple guys from uh, one of our leagues get into the content side of things, and they're jumping pretty hard and pretty fast. And I'm kind of trying to encourage them to say, you know, you're in college. You, you need to make sure that you don't get yourself overextended. He's writing for multiple sites now, and it's great as we're headed into the summer. And if he's not going to be taking summer classes, but, you know, when the fall hits and it's time to take a full load, maybe they need to kind of dial things back and really – because you don't want to put out crap, and you don't want to feel stressed. And so – No, you don't want to feel stressed. And that and that's – you see that a lot right now is a lot of guys are tweeting out how – they're kind of needing to take a little step back because they're getting burned out. And so you just got to ha- have to find that happy medium where you can have a life and you don't feel like fantasy football is going to cause you to, you know, stroke out. You, you, you got to find that nice, nice place. Yeah, because it's something we all love and enjoy or we wouldn't do it. And, and you know, I try to caution people, don't make it something you hate because yeah. of- because you overdid it, so mm-hmm. kudos to you for knowing your knowing your limits. So we're moving on and talking a little bit about uh, getting into. Last year was your first year in Dynasty, and uh, what was the first thing in Dynasty that made you go like, "Wow, that's really different than." the fantasy football I'm used to playing. Was there any one thing that really stuck out to you? Um, well, the first year that I was in Dynasty, I was in a league with like people that had never played Dynasty before. So it was me and 11 other people that have never played Dynasty before. So it was kind of, it didn't kind nothing about it really was surprising or, or different for me because everybody was learning. Um, but then this year I, I, I'm not in that league anymore just because it wasn't as active as I wanted it to be. So this year, now that I'm in my second year, I joined a couple of leagues with some guys that have actually been playing for a while. And the biggest thing that is like mind blowing to me, I guess, is the whole, the trading aspect of everything. Because when you do, um, redraft, a lot of redraft leagues, people get tired of after, you know, the first six weeks and don't set lineups or don't want to actually you know participate or or try to do trades or whatever to make their team better um but like dynasty came hard when it comes to that kind of stuff and i made a bunch of stupid trades in one of these leagues that i'm in right now and it's a learning process i kind of just you know brush that aside and kind of forget about what i did because uh it it wasn't great but um i'm learning and uh that's what happens when you get, get in there with the big dogs so oh but can you imagine how good it's going to feel to dig that team out uh, of the yeah. mess you got into through <laughs> an experience. That's what I keep saying. I'm like, I have to be positive here, you know, and th- and things happen. And I, I got, you know, guys telling me, oh, man, you shouldn't have made that trade. Like, let me and, – and it's really cool to me when guys, like, you know, come into me – come to me and talk to me about, like, hey, you know – the reason that trade's probably not that great for you is this, and then I look at it from that point of view. Oh, that 
rookie pick value versus the player that you're going to get at the spot versus, you know, everything. And I'm like, Oh, if I actually take my time, because I was, I think I was just so excited that there's actually stuff going on in these leagues, you know, <laughs> that I kind of got, you jumped the gun and kind of got ahead of myself. So now I'm kind of slowing it down and trying to make, you know, better decisions. Yeah. Th- that was one of the hard things for me was figuring out the value of a draft. pick. Mm-hmm. When, when you're looking at the, uh, rookie drafts and startup drafts and it's mm-hmm. they you get in a certain mindset and and if you're coming from redraft it's your, your mindset about draft picks is all about startups because that's what a redraft is it's a, just a startup mm-hmm. and but then somebody's like well hey where's this what what's this 2020 first worth yeah i'll give it to you yeah. for this guy and and it's it's yet gauging that value like i'm in a 32 team league and we have a four round rookie draft and i'm like man that's just way too many picks we don't need four <laughs> rounds but it's it's uh yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a lot it's, it's <laughs> cool, but you know once you get past you know the first 10 picks of the second round you know it's a crapshoot yeah and like uh when when I was in that league last year, it was a Dynasty Origins league that um, uh, the Dynasty Trade Calculator put together. And the, the startup draft, the rookies were mixed in, so we didn't have, like, you know, the rookie picks. You could just draft a rookie if you wanted to. So that was another thing that was kind of interesting is now I'm doing, you know, startups where there's a rookie draft as well. I'm in one right now. And um it's just different you know you see these guys with a lot of draft picks and these guys with like one or two and you you know for someone who hasn't done it you're like uh i don't know you know (laughs) what i should be doing right now i just completed a 12 team rookie draft where three guys had 32 of the 60 picks wow i know (laughs) wow they they were they were (laughs) gathering picks and you know and one guy had just his team had gotten decimated he had he was it, it was losing and he traded he, he he i think he had five or six first round picks in his pool of picks but yet three guys had half over half of the draft picks in that draft that's crazy i took over an orphan uh best ball uh dynasty league and the team's horrible, but there are so many draft picks that that yeah. guy had. So I'm looking, you know, at all my possibilities, what could happen. I'm interested to do that draft, see what I can get done. How many How many first round picks you have in that draft? I think there's three or four in that league. So I'm okay. trying to move a few, but so I don't this know. brings me to a question <laughs> about a, a question about content and strategy so you've got four picks in this in that draft how what is your thought about talking about your strategy when you come on shows like this or you're writing articles do you worry about people are gonna find out what you're trying to do or do or do you kind of take the approach like me and like screw it man i i'm i'm creating content and i'm having fun playing and if somebody yeah. wants to jump ahead of me because I value somebody at the 1-6 and they want to jump ahead and take them at the 1-3 because that's the pick that they can get from somebody, that just means somebody else is going to fall to me. 
Or are you like, well, I'm going to hoard my information and be <laughs> very selective with it? No, um, because mainly my biggest thing is I don't know as much as I would like to know. Uh, I don't follow college football at all. So, you know, that's that was one of my major uh, qualms when it came to joining Dynasty anyway was, well, how am I going to be able to do it if I don't really know much about uh, college? But, I mean, there's so much, so many resources out there that it, it, that's pretty cool. Um, but as for me kind of giving away a strategy or saying who I'm high on or whatever, I, I take that with a grain of salt. It, it, it is what it is. You know, if a guy wants to do that, that's fine. Then it wasn't meant to be for me. Um, I'll just try to roll with the punches and, and get somebody that's going to help my team out. Um, I'm not too concerned that somebody's going to try to pull one over on me. So that being said, have you developed a my guy list in the rookie draft this year? Kind of. <laughs> I kind of look and see uh, how my team is shaped up and everything. I, I do like it. I've got this really weird fascination with tight ends. I don't know what it is, but um, even prior to, you know, joining all these leagues and stuff, I had written an article about the rookie tight ends and, um, you know, yeah, you got your big three or four that, um, you know, they're on my list, of course. Uh, but I'm kind of just looking at where guys are going in my other leagues and saying, okay, uh, hopefully I can get a guy like that around this point or whatever. I don't really have like a, a set in stone list. I'm kind of <laughs> all over the place, I guess you could say. Yeah, I, I look at it and there are guys I really like. Like I'm a big fan of Quadri Allison out of Pittsburgh, and he's been one of my targets. And so, and I've gotten him in, I think, four of six drafts I've done so far, ranging from the middle of the third to the end of the fifth. Uh, I feel like he's the guy that's going to take over the Tevin Coleman role in Atlanta. And so I'm, I, I, I really like him. Preston Williams, uh, free agent down in Miami. I like him. If he, if he can keep his head on straight, he's had some off the field issues. But if he gets his head on straight, he is so talented. Him and Rosen could really become a, a great combination. I wouldn't be surprised a bit if Preston Williams ends up being uh, the number one receiver in Miami by, you know, week eight, week ten. Um, and so I kind of have these guys, that, and everybody knows I'm going for them. Some people mm -hmm. don't care, and they pass on them, and I still get them. Uh, and there'll, there'll be comments, well, oh, I, like, I passed on – I passed on Allison in one draft and somebody actually commented that oh I was so sure you were going to take him right there <laughs> I think I took Devin Singletary no it wasn't Singletary it was somebody else because it was in like the fourth round but you know I I, I kind of you, you get an affinity for people so your your mm -hmm. yours are tight ends so I, I'm yeah, a big Foster Moreau guy I like Foster yeah, Moreau I do like him I actually tried to get him in the last league uh, that I drafted in but he went up, like, a, I think he went a pick before I did. I thought, oh, he's going to fall to me. I'm not going to try to, you know, trade up or anything. But that didn't happen. Um, but I ended up making a trade in there anyway and ended up with Fant. So I'm all right. Yeah, I like Fant a lot. I, I think, I mean, I'm a Hawkinson guy. I'm a Detroit Lions <laughs> fan. Um, yeah. But I, I think Fant just has an opportunity yeah, he's going to have to be much more efficient than Hawkinson is going to be because his blocking isn't as good and he won't be on the field yeah. as much. Um, exactly. But but the potential is there. Uh, besides uh, Foster Moreau, who is uh, who is a tight end that you really like out of this class? Who are your favorites? 
Gooch, <laughs> who isn't a tight end that I like out of this class. It's more like it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Hawkinson really is a guy that I'm hoping I can get it in at least one league. Um, we'll just see. I have a, there's only a few more picks until it's my turn in this draft, and uh, I can't get anybody to bite to let me move up. So I think I'm just gonna hope that he is there. Uh, when it's my turn, I need a, I need tight end help in this league, so it'd be nice. It's tight end premium and everything, so that always helps. Very nice. I gotta ask uh, the age old tight end debate. I, I think Dennis might know where I'm going here. Eric Ebron or Jack Doyle? Ebron. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's right. All right, no, I just I had to clear that up. Oh, I want to jump back to y'all are going to be so disappointed this year. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know. <laughs> and, uh, I'm right there with we'll you. I, I love Ebron. I know Dennis. I, I still think it's just because he's a he's a little bit bitter about what happened in Detroit, and that's why he doesn't want to believe in Ebron. Yeah, you know? I can really admit that. I can admit that. <laughs> uh, I, I want to go back to something you were touching on earlier, where you said that uh, you kind of made some bad trades your first year in, because because I, I can relate to that. Uh, again, in a league that me mm-hmm. and Dennis are in. I did exactly what Dennis was talking about. I traded away first-round picks like they meant nothing to get yeah. what I thought was a lot of studs. Like I ended up with, with Zeke, Hopkins, and Odell yep. all on the same team. However, it really killed my depth. Is that pretty much the same thing that happened to you, or, or what did those trades do to your team that that's caused it to kind of be bad? Like, for instance, that's what happened with mine, is that I got those three studs, but then I haven't been able to replenish my depth because I haven't had any picks now. And so I've got great guys at the top. I don't have the depth if I get an injury or anybody else to really fill out my roster. Yeah, I think that's, that's exactly it. Um, you know... I wasn't prepared enough. Uh, I think that my mindset wasn't, you know, I needed to slow down. It was, you know, I got up the morning of our draft and saw that I had some trade requests and, you know, didn't think that, I, you know, I, I I don't know if it was the fact that I hadn't played very much and people know that or whatever. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those trade addicts leagues and, uh, I'm not really a trade addict. I've had, you know, I haven't really um, broken that seal yet. But, uh, yeah, I think that it just kind of hindered what I could do. And if I would have kept some of the picks that I had and th- things of that nature, I could end up with guys that, you know, would help my team now. And I'd still have that, you know, extra stuff for future. You know, i got to look towards the future. And I don't think I was focused as well as I should have been on, you know, this is – this is Dynasty. It's not a redraft league, yeah. you know? Well, hey, if you do end up breaking that seal, uh, us other trade addicts, we, we, we meet on Thursdays. The coffee's shit, so bring your own, just just to let you know. It's it's, it's not great, but the, <laughs> the, the meetings are Well, I, I don't consider myself to be a trade addict by any stretch of the imagination. I'm fairly active, but it, it's, mm-hmm. it has to make sense for both sides. Um, yeah. You know, in one league we're in right now, we got to – you know, we, we've got a couple trade addicts that send out a lot of offers, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I look at them. I'm like, how how does that make me better? Does it make you better? Now, granted, if they send me a lopsided offer in my favor, I probably am going to take it. But yeah, it I, I'm I I tend to look. I when I send out offers, uh, I I'm usually trying to see if it's. You know, if they've got three stud wide receivers and I'm offering them, you know, 
a wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside, that, that doesn't seem to make sense. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm a little more conservative. No, I just, totally maybe I just think I can draft better sometimes. <laughs> I, I, I overstate my ability to draft. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm like that too, though. I, I think, you know, that's probably why I haven't traded as much in the past is, you know, I'm like, I can, you know, I, I, I can use the waiver wire. I can do this. I can do that. But like I said, Dynasty is just, God, it's a crazy new beast that I still have to figure out because, wow. So what are some of the resources that you've grabbed a hold of that have been most helpful to you so far? Um, I think the biggest thing that's helped me out is just the fantasy community in, as a whole. Um, on Twitter, just reaching out. There's there's guys that have that I've talked to about redraft in the past, but I know that they're you know their experience when it comes to dynasty. These guys that have been, you know like John Bosch, for instance. That's that's my dude. I go to him if I have any sort of you know I need your help. Can you tell me why this is a bad trade or can you tell me why this is, you know, this, that, and the other, or look at my roster and help me out here just to kind of get, I like to get multiple opinions from multiple people. So anybody that's willing to just kind of give me their two cents on something is really helpful. I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm at work. Um, you know, I take a lot of notes and things like that, but I think the biggest thing is just kind of using the resources you have in front of you with the community as a whole, because there's so many people out there that have so much, you know, you guys, everybody has so much knowledge that I kind of wanted to soak that all in. Yeah. I think the the, probably the biggest downside is everybody has so much knowledge that mm -hmm. there can be a lot of overload to sort through and figuring out how, you know, the first people that get to you sometimes, make you feel one way and then the next group of people comes in countering everything they said and mm -hmm. sometimes if you're not careful you can get through a couple days with put out a question get through a couple days and be right back where you started <laughs> yeah i mean it, it is funny to me how many people are so different when it comes to you know i'll ask one guy that i really trust and he'll tell me one thing and another guy will tell me another thing and ultimately I kind of have to just go with my gut feeling on it, but it's nice to have like, you know, one or two guys that are like, you know, kind of, I guess you can say quote unquote on my side, but you know what I mean? Like it kind of feels good to have that reassurance that, you know, my thought process is the same as somebody else's. So I'm not completely in the dark here. Yeah. I tend to try to, to couch everything. And like, for instance, when people talk about the running back draft class this year, mm -hmm. David Montgomery is my RB1. And so I, if I'm sitting there with Sanders and Jacobs and Montgomery in front of me, I take Montgomery every single time. And people are like, why do you do that? And I'm like, because that's the guy that I think is the best. Right. And when people ask yeah. me about it, I will freely say, I'm taking this guy because I think he's the best. He's my guy. I think he's better. You can get other opinions if you want, but this <laughs> is my opinion. Or I'll say like, well, I, you know, I'll be like, uh, I, I'm a Marlon Mack truther, you know. So here's my opinion on what you're asking, but just so you know up front, this is how I feel about this particular asset in this deal. And that I think that helps to keep it in perspective for people when they're weighing my input. 
Right on. Yeah. Um, the last couple of trades I've made, I, I haven't really conferred with anybody uh, over it. I've kind of just looked at what I need and what they need, what the person I'm training with needs. And go, we, there's been a lot of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And that's what I really like uh, with this whole, with the whole trading thing too, is recently, you know, it's not just then, you know, I'm going to reject your trade. It's, Hey, I, I'm not really high on this guy, but I like this guy. How about we do this, 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 and then we do the little dance and then we figure it out and then, Everybody's yes. happy at the end of the day. <laughs> That's one of the most fun things is that back and forth. Hey, you know, because in redraft, it's, hey, let I, I, the last redraft league I was in, I would even say, hey, what do you think about this? You know, what do you, first off, I couldn't get but maybe 35% of the guys into a group chat. You know, they all, it's like sending these trade offers. And I'm like, can't we just talk about things? Yeah. But, you know. I've had trades that take a week, 10 days sometimes to get done. <laughs> sometimes because it just takes that long to, to, you know, a couple people get sort of entrenched on a certain asset. Sometimes it's just because life is happening around it and we come back to it and we get it done. Um, <laughs> but that, that back and forth, that negotiation, talking about it, why do you, well, if you like that guy, why, you know, what what can we do or what do you need? So mm -hmm. the, the, I think that's the best part I love about Dynasty. Yeah, so, it's great. Uh, it's so great. I love it. I love it because you also forge these relationships with people. I'm learning that I can go to these guys and it's not going to be automatically shut down. So it's good to, to know that your league mates are going to be there and be active. Yeah, we we did a we had a meetup from some Ohio people a few months ago met up at mad tree brewing down in cincinnati uh yeah, oddly enough john bosch was one of them uh <laughs> so it was nice there were 12 12 people that showed up to this thing so chris allen That's was crazy. there yeah, yeah. I like so, kennedy j mike check uh, yeah uh i can't remember i was mad Lopoda. too because i think i was they're like two weeks before you guys did all that. So oh, yeah, I think you were. I was like, I <laughs> But that's really all cool. Right. I wish we could do something like that in Dallas, so. Yeah, man. Hey, I, hey, when she posted that on Twitter, I said I'd be yeah, more than willing to be. I I'd, I'd be down for it. said, I just got to know. Gotta I got to know when and where because I know a lot of people who yeah. don't live here in Texas think Dallas and Fort Worth are a whopping five-minute drive from each other, but they're not. Yeah. We it's are nowhere not. close to each it's other. 30 minutes from where I live to yeah. Dallas, I, you know. And Cincinnati's no two time. hours from where I live, and I went. Well, I know. No, I'm not complaining about the time, but you got to remember, man. No. I got I got kids, man. I can't just be like crack a window and tell them, hey, Dad will be back in a couple <laughs> minutes, man. I got to I gotta have a little bit of time. Yeah. I got to, I got to do a little bit notice. of planning. Yeah, just a little bit of planning. Not much, you know. You, you can know, throw some fruit snacks on the ground and they'll for, be fine. But I got to get the fruit snacks. It's I good ready. for them to develop <laughs> a sense of resiliency and independence. Yeah, yeah, that's maybe true. I, I feel like my <laughs> wife completely disagrees with this entire conversation we're having. But I got you. Uh, so, Casey, now that you have been uh, been in a dynasty here for a couple of years, how – how has your evaluation on vets and rookies changed, or has it has it is it stayed the same? Do you value vets more than rookies? Has it kind of become like a happy medium? How do you value them? Um, you know, I I think it's a happy medium, but I maybe I would lean more towards the I have 
you know, I'm on the side of vets because at least with vets, you know what you're getting. And with the younger guys, it's hard to predict whether or not they're going to hit. Um, it's really interesting to me too, with the whole guys that are fresh out of college, because like I said, I don't know anything about college football. So I'm kind of, you know, a little lukewarm on, on, you know, diving right in, but, but I'm learning. And I think for now, if you can just find that nice balance, you have a couple of guys that are young, but you have faith in them. And then you have those vets that, you know, are going to be consistent, even if they don't get you a ton of points every game, but they get you that consistency. Uh, as long as you can find that nice, happy medium, then I think it's all good. Yeah, see, I, th- I feel like you have the same approach I do, that you prefer the vets compared to rookies. My problem is mm-hmm. because, as Dennis knows, I, I'm a huge college football fan. Like, I, I actually prefer college football <laughs> over the NFL. And so my problem mm-hmm. is is that I start watching college football and I start falling in love with all of these rookies, and then I start trading away all the vets for these rookies, and then they yeah. end up not panning out. And then, yeah, then I just get put myself back in a, a horrible position. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, if I, if I was in the college football, I think that I'd have a <laughs> that same situation going on. It's 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 a challenge to develop sort of you, you can't have a hard and fast rule, mm-hmm. but you also can't avoid college football. You, when you get into yeah. dynasty, you have to yeah. de- you have to figure out exactly, well, where am I going to get this information and how am I going exactly. to consume it? Because if I don't, then I'm going to end up hurting myself in the long run mm-hmm. with these teams. Right. Like um, my my draft last year, the one where the rookies were mixed in, I, I kind of sent out my, you know, where I was so far in the draft. And everybody's like, okay, you need to get a couple of rookies because you don't have any. And I was like. They're okay if I have to. <laughs> so you don't a, have to if they're included but you don't in the setup. I got a, no, I think I got Cortland Sutton. Um, I think that maybe one or two other guys, but that's the one that sticks out to me. Um, so whoever has my team now, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a sort of a, a rookie uh, I guess, how, how should I word strategy question for you? Because I feel like me and Dennis both kind of have the same strategy. And how I'll preface it as when we go into our rookie drafts, for the most part, we both kind of tend to, to go for running backs because usually you'll get the immediate kind of points from them. And the running backs is most of the time they're plug and play. We're wide receivers and tight ends, depending on how good. I mean, we've seen a couple tight ends the past couple of years come out and be able to play right away. But most of the time you're looking at a two to three year development just like wide receivers. Have you kind of approached it at any kind of certain strategy? Like when I first joined a dynasty league, I thought it was you had to get a player at each position every year, and that's how I handled. Like I tried to get a running back, wide receiver, quarterback, and tied mm-hmm. in in my drafts, and I started to realize that's probably not the best way to approach it. So, how do you approach your rookie drafts? Do you go like something like me and Dennis, where you try and go RB? Do you focus mostly on team needs? What do you do? Yeah, I think it's a. Uh mostly team needs. I haven't done a whole lot of drafts, so it's it's a learning process, again, with how I'm going to go about it, maybe tweak things here and there, but for now, it's a lot of uh, team needs, uh, especially in, like, the Superflex. Um, I can see in, in a couple of my leagues where I'm kind of 
lacking at quarterback. And I'm like, okay, well, if I'm going to take a quarterback, I need to take a quarterback that is going to be one of those guys that is going to have a chance to like actually do something. It's not just going to be one of these guys that will he, won't he, that kind of thing. Um, but the running back situation too, like you guys were explaining, um, I, I really, you know, now that you say that, <laughs> it's kind of putting a light bulb, you know, turned on like, hey, you know, I, I know um, in this draft that I'm in now, I have the 109. I don't know who's going to be there, but, you know, is that running back sounds pretty. Flex? Yeah. I, yeah. I have, it's, 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 it's tricky. I have, so I have Lev Bell in that league. Um, I have Gurley in that league. Um, I just traded away guys. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> it, it's a, those guys are kind of tricky when it comes to the running back. Those yeah. those two guys right there, you're like, you know. So we'll see how it goes, and I'll let you guys know what ends up happening there. But yeah, I like you're you're probably going to be able to get at 109 one of the top two tight ends because mm-hmm. the two quarterbacks will be gone. Yeah, uh, they're already gone. <laughs> Henderson, maybe he might be there as far as a running back goes. Jay Sternberger mm-hmm. would probably be there. I'm a big fan of him. Yeah, I like Sternberger too. So. Yeah, not in the first round. But not, not in the first round, no. I think the second round pick I have is 207. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's a learning process, but it's really cool to, to look at the, the two drafts that I'm in right now, or have been in, and see how different. And the scoring is basically the same, so it's pretty, pretty wild. Yeah, absolutely. Dennis, I know you've got a, a listener question here. You want to ask her about that? Yeah, what one of our listeners, uh, you know, he was excited about the whole rap thing. Um, <laughs> he actually, he actually uh, has already gotten into the listener league, and it was his friend who submitted the only submission, um, but. He, uh, his, his first question, uh, we'll, we'll do, he sent two. One of them's fantasy football related, the other one's not. So, who, his question, in your opinion, more touchdowns this year, Hawkinson or Fant? Uh, I'm gonna go with Hawkinson. Just okay. because I like that situation and I like, and I think he's gonna be out there more, so I think he's gonna have more opportunities. Well, you just yeah, make Dennis very happy, that's for sure. Well, I you know, and when I keep moving Hawkinson and Fant back and forth. Yeah, I see that. I, I was I see Hawkinson that. <laughs> first, and then when, when I kind of got on the whole Flacco loves tight ends hype train. And yeah. uh, <laughs> but when you looked at when you actually go back and look at the numbers, like I went on FF statistics and and pulled it up. Uh, Flacco really doesn't love his tight ends nearly as much. He he had a great year with Dennis Pitta, but I think that was more a testament to the people around Pitta than it was uh, uh, how much Flacco loves tight ends. Um, true. And the other question, so everyone listens to music differently. So when you listen to a song, what's the main focus for you? Is it the beat is it the lyrics is it the voice the instrumentals what really draws you in and makes you go man i dig this tune for me uh being big into hip-hop 
Uh, one of my biggest things when I listen to a song is the beat that goes with it. So, um, you know, if, if, if it's catchy beat, you know, I can put the lyrics on the back burner if the beats sounds pretty sweet. Um, and to go with the voice too, you know, I'm big into like, uh, Jed and, uh, Kendrick Lamar and Anderson Pack. They all have sort of the same kind of vocal stylings. So, uh, you know, if, if they've got an interesting voice, I think that that's something that I'm drawn to as well. So who, who are your favorites currently? Um, I listen to a lot of underground guys, Minnesota guys. Uh, POS is my all-time favorite. Um, Open Mike Eagle. Uh, <laughs> I'm think of a couple other guys that are... Uh, I like... Uh, there's this uh, super group right now called... Uh, Beast Coast, and they're coming out with the album on Friday. Um, it's guys from uh, the Underachievers and Flatbush Zombies and Joey Badass uh, and a couple other guys. Um, so, you know, any of those kind of guys that I like uh, to go to their shows because I'm big into live music, and these guys put on, like, one hell of a show every time you go. So it's pretty tight. Um, so those are a couple of guys. Sweet. I haven't heard of any of them. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of old, so. That's yeah. all. It's all relative. It's all good. Yeah. Um, I'm big into, I'm big into, like, finding new music and listening and going to, like, concerts that cost, you know, like, little shows that are, like, 10 bucks. So. Right. Now, <laughs> that's my, my oldest son is a musician, and so we, I go see his band. They got an album out. They're kind of southern, rockish. Appalachian country. I like that too. So that's right up my alley. <laughs> they're called Driftmouth. So the, yeah, the, I'll have to check that out. The the founder uh, of the band used to he, for about fifteen years. He led a kind of a punk band called Grafton. Awesome. So. See, I like I like me some good punk too. Every now and then, so all those kind of influences, right up. Yeah, they put out some records, toured Europe and toured the country, and so. That's Fred. Like yeah. it. <laughs> All right, right on. So I don't know if you'll be able to pick one, but do you have one concert that's really stood out to you as your favorite? Oh man! Yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> well, I know you do, Dennis. Oh. You, you can tell your concert story Me? in a minute, but I was asking Casey. <laughs> well. Yeah, actually, so back in my 20s, like, make me sound a little older, right? Back in my 20s, uh, I was huge into this band called Cobra Starship. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of them, but um, they're kind of like a pop-punky type of band. Um, one of the first times I saw them, I actually got to go on stage and rap with them. So that was pretty dope. Uh, they, they brought me up to have a song um, that has a part in it that's wrapped by one of the guys from gym class heroes. And so I got to do his part, but I got to freestyle beforehand and I got to go up on stage with them at about three or four different concerts. So that was pretty, that's, awesome. uh, that's probably one of my favorite concert experiences. I don't have anything as good as that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, I can, I can promise you Dennis, it's better than mine because I, I'm not, you know, thrilled to admit this, but I've actually only been to one concert in my life, and that was a Dropkick Murphys concert a long time ago. Oh, hell yeah. That is it. That is the only <laughs> concert I've ever been to. Love me some Dropkick Murphys, but I, I just, I've never one. been to a concert. No, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, it was It was definitely a lot of fun. 
Do you want to tell your concert story, Dennis? I mean, I know I've heard it, but, you know, just in case. (laughs) Well, when I was 12 years old, I I, I discovered the band Kiss. And I saw, bought the album Hotter Than Hell, and I saw Gene Simmons on the cover of that looking all crazy, and I thought, that's what I want to do. So I eventually ended up in a band. Uh, Honestly, as crazy as it is, I've never, ever played a single Kiss song as a musician. But I've seen Kiss a few times, and uh, here recently, uh, they started their farewell tour. Now, granted, I've seen a couple other of their farewell tours, but I think given that they're pushing 70, I think this is the actual (laughs) farewell tour. Um, and my wife was like, Hey, I've got this board meeting. I got to go to, it's a a dinner, you know, these people. So I'm going to need you to go. I need you to come with me and sort of be arm candy and just help entertain while I attend this dinner. And I'm like, all right, no problem. You know, that's, that's what you do for your significant other. And, uh, so we had a, a Cub Scout function. I have a boy in Cub Scouts and, it was the blue and gold banquet where they do stuff. So we, we actually had to leave that early. So I'm in the parking lot of the blue and gold banquet, changing out of my Cub Scout stuff into a suit to go to this board dinner. So it's the board of trustees for the OSU Alumni Association. And so I'm getting all dressed up and we're driving down there and we pull up and there's a bunch of uh, traffic because we're heading down to Nation, by right across the street from Nationwide Arena. And... I said, oh, it must be a hockey game. But then I remembered the night before, day before I had seen Gene Simmons tweet, he was at the hockey game the night before. And they don't usually play back-to-back games in hockey very often. I'm like, and I said, oh, well, no, he was there last night. You know, I'm focused on doing this, going to this dinner. I didn't think nothing that about, I didn't even know Kiss was in town until I saw that. And so I go and I park in the garage and, I'm getting ready to get out of the car and I'm cinching my tie up and my wife hands me an envelope with a birthday card in it. And it's like, great. I open it up and she hands me another one from her sister and it's got $50. Then she hands me a third one. I open it up and it's a fourth row ticket to go see Kiss. Wow. <laughs> I was, you know, and she just bought one ticket. She's like, you know, it's, I'm going to, Melinda's going to meet me. We're going to go over here to Boston's and we'll hang out and, you can drive us home later. We're going to go have some beers. You go to the show. Because lately the thing is, she goes, you know, if I don't go, you can afford a better ticket. And I'm not really that into it. And I'm like, all right. She did that a couple of years ago for Guns N' Roses. Bought me a ticket for our anniversary and drove me to Cleveland. I went to the show. We She went and had dinner with her sister. So we're kind of getting in this groove, and I kind of like it. It was she doesn't need to spend that kind of money on me very often. But if she can, I'm okay with it. You know, she manages <laughs> money. She knows how much money we got. I don't. But it was yeah. great. They were I was like right in front of Gene Simmons. It was I, I was probably twenty feet away from him. It was it was phenomenal. That's dope. That's a cool story. I like that. Like, so, yeah, yeah I've, I've got a pretty awesome <laughs> wife. You know? Yeah. A, sounds like it. She's a great mom and a great wife, and uh, she, other than having suspect taste in men, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you, man. Like I said, I, I feel like uh, 
I, I every day I, I come home and see my wife. I constantly reminded how much I outkicked my coverage. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm blessed to have her as well. And uh, Casey, we were blessed to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today and talking about Dynasty, everything you from the concerts, your rap, everything. It was awesome to have you on here. You're a great follow on Twitter as well. So everybody who follows us, you should be following Casey. And uh, we look forward to having you back on again as well. Before we get you out of here, please remind everybody again where they can find you on Twitter and if you have any kind of articles or anything coming out that uh, our listeners can check you out on. Yeah, most definitely. Thank you guys for um, letting me come on. I really, really had a lot of fun. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at the Casey Kasem. I spell it K-A-C-E-Y, K-A-S-E-M, like the DJ. And um, I write for Fighting Chance Fantasy. I just put an article out yesterday about Jameson Crowder and whether or not you should be taking shots at Jameson while you watch him this season. Um, so... I'm just working on a few things. Once my computer's not dead, um, <laughs> I'll be able to get in there and uh, write a little bit more. But for now, I got that out there. Awesome. Well, I cannot wait to check that out on Jamison Crowder. And, uh, again, we appreciate you coming on. Before we get out of here, Dennis, as always, let everybody know where we can find you on Twitter and what you've got in the hopper as well. I am at culture underscore coach on Twitter. Shoot me a DM. Uh, just ask me questions. I'm more than happy to answer. I uh, love to engage about fantasy football. I write for Dynasty Nerds at DynastyNerds.com. I do standard rankings over there. If you're not in the nerd herd, you should hop in and check it out. Uh, we have all kinds of rankings, IDP. We have an integrated offensive and IDP rankings. So you can go in in those leagues that have IDPs. You can see sort of where you should start uh, taking uh, uh, IDP players and startup drafts. Uh, it's We've been rolling out a whole bunch of new stuff. We got a, a buy, sell, hold tool that's getting ready to come out where we've got about 20, 20 different writers have ranked just about everybody in the NFL buy, sell, and hold. And you'll get to see a consensus of how we feel about that person, that player. Awesome. It's pretty sweet. Though it was pretty daunting at first to go in and see that list of once they once they added the rookies to the rankings, it was four hundred and ninety nine people, and I'm like, man. <laughs> so it's a lot of people to rank. Yep, and I can't wait to get get in on all that as well. I'm looking forward to it. But seriously, Casey, thank you so much for joining us today, and look forward to talking to you again soon. I hope you guys have a great day. Right on. You as well. All right. Later.